Hello, hello, and welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Stephanie Thompson. And we're here with you. I'm drinking a squirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking a house wine limited edition rosé bubbles, but it's been saying limited edition for like seven years and I find it everywhere. So it looks gay. It's rainbow. Yeah, I think it was made for pride and they've just never gone through that. (laughs) It's just available year round. Love that. Pride all year. Pride all year. It's my favorite. That's the Stoner Chicks motto, Pride All Year. Pride All Year. Yep. I'm drinking a lemon white claw. Ooh. Ooh. Kayla. Stephanie, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking a beer. (laughs) But my koozie is really cute. It says, I'm here for the booze. And it's spelled B-O-O-S. And there's a little ghost on there. (laughs) Adorable. And it's a white koozie. It's a white koozie, which is risky. (laughs) And we're entering spooky season. Who's excited? Oh, I am. Phoebe here. Excited for the spook and the easy. I really want to do a corn maze. Really excited about that. You know who loves corn mazes? Who? My boyfriend, Jeff. I've <gasps> never done one. What? And Can we all he... go together? Yeah, Steph, come with us. I mean, <gasps> Jeff will listen to this episode and know that I've invited you to come along with us to a corn maze. Makes Yay. it official. It sounds existentially terrifying to me, but I'm sure that if I was with jolly people that I would get through it just fine. Oh, you would love it. And sometimes they put little mysteries in there. And so you have to solve <laughs> a mystery while you're in the corn maze. What kind of mystery? They'll give you like a worksheet, kind of like a, a quest. Yeah, you get quests mm. along. Oh. oh, OK, Harry Potter. Well, that sounds fun. I'll do it. I'm sold. Does anyone know what their costumes are going to be yet? Ooh, good question. I want to be something cute. And by cute, I guess I mean sexy. Oh, okay. I was going to be like (laughs) adorable or fuck fun. Wait, what am I talking about? I I want my costume to seem like I'm fuck fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fun fuck. So fun. That could be my costume. I'm sorry. I'm loopy today, everybody. This is... um. (laughs) All right. Fuck fun. I don't know what I'm going to be. I have this nice dress that I wore for a wedding that's kind of very pink and princessy. So I might just go with that and be a princess for Halloween. Cute. Princess Peach. Exactly. That'd be nice. Exactly. I was just watching a documentary on Freddie Mercury and there's an outfit that he wears for his Live Aid concert that he does where he has a little armband and he's in a white tank top and white pants and it it seems like a pretty simple Halloween costume except I need to get a mustache and a wig yeah that would be really fun to do I think that sounds like a good costume yes get a little drag in there sounds good oh Mm -hmm. I love a little drag and Freddie Mercury is one of my favorite performers so I would love to to be Halloween best, best there ever was What about you, Kayla? Are you going for fuck fun, too? (laughs) I'm going for fuck fun, but kind of queer edition. I'm going to dress as a Rockford peach. Oh, And I invite anyone anywhere to also be a Rockford peach for Halloween. I think there should be a lot of them this year. Okay. I haven't watched the show yet. (laughs) A League of Their Own, right? It's so good. So good. I love it. Okay, I'll check it out. I 
hadn't really given it any thought until this recording just now. And so now I'm thinking I might do an 80s Madonna look. Nice. Oh. That'll be my fuck fun outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. That'll yeah. be fun to go through all the Madonna looks and pick one. Yeah. Yeah. They did it on a RuPaul's Drag Race once. Yeah, except they all wore the same they look. They all and RuPaul wore the got kimono look. King pissed. Yes. <laughs> did you guys see AJ McLean in drag on RuPaul? No. I think it's Ru- the RuPaul celebrity. I saw it on TikTok. I don't have that on. It's not on one of my streaming channels, so I haven't watched it. Okay. Who's AJ McLean? AJ from the Backstreet Boys has been doing yeah. drag and was on RuPaul's Celebrity RuPaul and oh. fucking slayed. Well, there you go. I mean, they can dance, so not surprising. Hey, you know what we have? A we Patreon. Have, yes, we do. <laughs> I was just about to get to okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. We were chit-chatting. I, I felt bad. <laughs> you felt bad that we were chit-chatting? No, I felt bad to interrupt it, so I wanted to keep the flow going. But let's get on to our Patreon. Patreon is a place we have a lot of extra stuff, and if you want to <laughs> check it out, check it out but we have a new patreon member to thank today (laughs) i know guys laughing at me about my internet technology (laughs) (laughs) but amber from connecticut we want to shout her out on patreon shout out thank you so much amber i'm so happy you love the podcast i do too (laughs) And speaking of Patreon members and listeners and stuff like that, Phoebe, we hear that you have a letter. I do. I have some fun snail mail to share with you ladies that I got. Does anyone want to drop the URL for our Patreon real quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash stonerchicks. We appreciate all the support very, very much. And we have fun stuff on there. And uh, speaking of support, we also get fun mail and things. Phoebe, did you get something fun in the mail? (laughs) I did. We did. I went to our P.O. box at the post office down the street. (laughs) That was what we were saying that the other day. And I picked up this goodie and opened it and read it and wanted to share it with you three and figured I'd do it on here because we get permission to do so in the letter. So first, it's this cute uh, card. You're able to see it. Oh, it's just a couple of ladies being silly in a Polaroid picture. And it says, I promise I did not inhale. And those are all like (laughs) joints or cigarettes that are sticking out of all their mouths and stuff. And they crossed out not. So it said, so I promise I I did did inhale. inhale. All right. (laughs) Hey, stoner chicks. Nicole here from Massachusetts was shopping recently at the fantastic Umbrella Factory, a quirky, fun, cool local artist shop in R.I. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Duh. And while shopping, I stumbled (laughs) upon this amazing card. Of course, I had to buy it and send it to my favorite stoner gal pals. I did add some of my personal touch to the card, as you probably have noticed, and I will point those out later. I also added some stickers for Phoebe. One sticker is from my favorite brewery in Vermont called The Alchemist. I love the artwork on the cans, and they have an IPA called Heady Topper that tastes like weed. Ooh, I would love that. Ooh, yeah. stuff's excited. And the sticker is super cute. Look at that. Oh, wow. Focal and banger. Yeah, I like it. It's like a guy whose brain is exploding with what looks like buds. I know They're it's not. Hops. They're hops coming out of his ears as he drinks beer. Anywho, I'm now Phoebe here going back into the letter. Anywho, I love (laughs) listening to the podcast and hopefully I can make a Zoom smoke sesh in the near future. I've been busy getting high on my stoner adventures this summer. 
I actually messaged Kayla back in May, June when I was on San Juan Island and saw orcas from our Airbnb. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, so happy she saw orcas. Thanks for making me laugh every week, ladies. And Kayla, good luck in Hollywood. Thanks, girl. Love ya. Nicole, P.S. If you want to share in the pod, that's okay with me. Okay, gonna go smoke now. Bye. Oh, Nicole. <laughs> and her personal touches was she added some cool stickers like a wolf and a rainbow and a slice of pizza. Oh, my God. This and is also, exactly your style of mail, Phoebe. <laughs> I know. I loved it so much. And then she, it's a birthday card, but she smoked, she smoked out. What am I saying? She crossed out the birthday. So it says, have a smoking hot day. And then she even did it on the very back where it's like in little tiny. So cute. I loved it. It made me happy. Thank you, Nicole. And if you want to send us mail, either just me or really just anyone, but Phoebe is the one that grabs all the mail. You can mail us at Stoner Chicks Podcast, P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Back to you, Stephanie. Oh, well, you know what? (laughs) You know what I think it's time for? What? I think it's time for Weed in the News. Warning, our first article is from the Washington Post by Les Carpenter. It is called Despite Objections, The World Anti-Doping Agency Set to Keep Ban on Marijuana for the Olympics. Boo! Indeed! The World (laughs) Anti-Doping Agency appears almost certain to keep cannabis on its list of banned substances amid a continuing debate over the drug's effect on athletic performance and the proper role of testing in Olympic and other top international athletic competitions. A person with knowledge of the situation this week confirmed a Wall Street Journal report that cannabis remains on the list of banned substances for 2023. Is 2023 winter? No, it's going to be Summer Olympics, right? Or Winter Olympics. No No Olympics. It's even years, right? So why would it? I think it's qualifying rounds. Oh, okay. Qualifying rounds. So it's like the Olympics still kind of go on when the Olympics don't happen, but it's like qualifying things and you... I think. I don't know. I might be speaking out of my butt, but. Which is where Shakari Richardson got fucked, so. Right. And yeah. Shakari is about to be mentioned. It says many athletes and sports officials have asked the agency to reconsider its cannabis rules as attitudes about the drug have shifted in some countries. Last year, American sprinter Shakari Richardson received a one-month suspension from the U.S. anti-doping agency after testing positive for marijuana at the U.S. Olympic trials, where she won the 100-meter race. The suspension cost Richardson, who admitted to using the drug days before her race, a spot in the Tokyo Olympics. Interesting, I didn't realize that it was the U.S. anti-doping agency that suspended Shikari, not the world anti-doping agency. Huh. I feel like I was blaming it in my head on the world, but it was in fact the United States that issued that ban. Shocking. In a statement, the World Anti-Doping Agency said an advisory board made up of experts from a number of fields reviewed cannabis's place on the list at the request of anti-doping agencies from, quote, a small number of countries. The agency also pointed out that marijuana policies have been made less stringent in recent years, with higher thresholds for positive tests and shorter suspensions for violations 
as short as a month if an athlete can prove the use was out of competition and not intended to enhance performance. I didn't know that either. The statement also said the USADA did not ask for cannabis to be removed from the list. So the U.S. is not on the small list of countries asking for this. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's what the World Anti-Doping Agency sass, like clapped back and said at the U.S. <laughs> for some reason. But USADA Chief Executive Travis Tigart said the World Anti-Doping Agency's characterization of his organization's position is misleading. They're getting sassy with each other. Tigart said from the U.S. said he does not believe athletes should be penalized for positive marijuana tests and that athletes should be held out of competition only if it can be proven they used cannabis to gain a significant competitive advantage or that the use created a health and safety risk. Okay, so innocent until proven guilty rather than guilty until proven innocent, which is like what they're kind of doing right yeah. now on the world, le on the international level. Yeah, he's just saying, I don't think people should be suspended unless you can prove that they were using cannabis to enhance their performance somehow, which I don't know how you would prove that. Well, I mean, the only thing I could think of is like pain or anxiety relief, but there's other things yeah, I assume you can take that relieve those. Well, I know for like in the Olympics, the shooting sports, that if you lower your heart rate, you're actually better shot. Huh. Okay, so there maybe someone could prove that someone is using maybe. weed to do that, maybe. Maybe, but that's a stretch. I know. And then also when they were interviewing the snowboarder or skier, fuck, now I can't remember, who got banned in the 90s after he won the oh, gold Sean. medal. No. Oh. It was Russ something. Fuck. Oh. I'm fucking this up. Anyway, stoners, basically he was talking about that weed helped him sort of drop into the zone and like not overthink things mm. when he was doing tricks and stuff and helped his anxiety. Mm -hmm. So that's mental performance enhancing, but not necessarily physical, which I think is what they're right going for here. So that because are they telling people that they can't take like fucking Lexapro or something? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't know, though. Well, I don't know, though. So the USADA chief executive, Travis Tigart, he said that even one month suspensions such as Richardson's are, quote, unfair because her cannabis use had nothing to do with her Olympic trials race, which I think is rich coming from the chief executive of the USADA because they're the ones who issued the one month suspension. Maybe he wasn't on board at that time. I don't know. Tigart hmm. added that he would like to see the World Anti-Doping Agency adopt a policy similar to what the USADA helps run with the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, under which fighters are no longer punished for positive marijuana tests unless it can be proven they were using cannabis to gain a competitive advantage in an event. So I thought that was interesting, too. I didn't know that, that the UFC has taken marijuana off the list of banned substances. Huh. So anyway, that's kind of just an update. We've covered the Olympic, the the World Anti-Doping Agency thing before, obviously with Shakari Richardson. And the, the conversation's ongoing and it doesn't look like WADA is going to budge. Not yet, anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Because they're saying that not enough countries are asking for this. Like, of all right. the countries in the world who participate in our events, there's only a small handful. And the U.S. isn't even one of them, they said, kind of sassy at the U.S., 
So I guess what is going to be needed is more worldwide support. And worldwide support is going very slow right now. We're seeing a lot of advancement in North America and in other places like Thailand, Germany. It might legalize soon, but it's not enough yet for the World Association to consider it. Our next article is from Yahoo Finance by Ethan Kimball. The title is Female-Led Cannabis Companies Receive a Fraction of the Capital of Male Counterparts. Boo! And this is according, they interviewed the CEO of Wana Brands, which is a female-led edibles company. And the article says that although the cannabis industry has become more widely accepted throughout the U.S., the number of companies led by women has not kept up. And Nancy Whiteman, who's the CEO of Wana Brands, said they get a fraction of the capital in that case. It's really disheartening. You have this brand new industry. You think that it has the opportunity to set a new path. But unfortunately, at this point, it looks very much like a traditional industry. So it also gives some stats. So across the U.S., 19.9% of cannabis businesses are owned by women. And this is according to a report by the MJ Biz Daily. And just and out of those 20 percent of businesses owned by women, just 8 percent of all cannabis CEOs are women. And it's going down. The MJ Biz also report that 36.8 percent of executive positions in the cannabis industry were held by women in 2019. So almost 40 percent. But that number dropped to only 22.1 percent in 2021. Wow, it's a big drop. And she's saying that it's a lax of access to capital. Hmm. So there's just, I guess, like so many men, rich men out there who are the ones providing the capital for the startup costs of these businesses. And the women are having a hard time getting access to that money. Well, you know, I'm speaking super out of pocket right now, so we can cut this if we want. But I think a lot of it is there's a lot of white guys that made a lot of money when weed was illegal and they never got arrested. Partly because they're white. Okay. And now they're able to get into the business and they got all this money, all this cash revenue from all their years of doing it, but they don't have a record. That's my theory. I am not saying that as everyone, but I think there is a lot of that. Yeah. In the weed industry. I also can just imagine that a lot of men who maybe aren't even that involved previously in the cannabis industry saw it and were able to go get investors, whereas a lot of women are probably going and trying to get personal business loans and showing up and saying, hey, I want to have this weed business and people aren't taking them seriously. Mm -hmm. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to yeah piggyback off you, Grace and Phoebe, of like, I think a lot of it is that the men will they go with what they know. They see another man in the business and they're like, I'll invest in that. But if it's a woman they don't know or it's like a boys club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the that is exactly what the article goes on to say is that the amount of money needed to start a plant touching cannabis business can easily surpass six figures. And the networks of investors that can provide that amount of money, such as high net worth individuals and venture capital firms, can be hard for women to tap into. And even if they do find an investor, the women-owned businesses often receive less funding and fewer resources, such as mentorship and strategic guidance, than their male counterparts. Yeah. Boys club. Yeah. So that's just, this is just reporting that that is actively happening in the cannabis industry right now. Straight up, like, if you live in a place where you can 
look up and see what the businesses are that are run and owned by women. Let's do it, guys. I'm feeling like committing to it right now on this call. I'm not that aware of what different growers and or dispensaries are owned by women in our city, and I'm gonna fucking find out. All right, let's make that a goal for our next few episodes. We'll come in with some info on that. I know that it's hard out there. It's hard for the non- really big farms to do well right now. So yeah, I think being able to find and shout out like mom and pop type places and I guess really just mom type places that are women owned, like let's do it because <laughs> I don't think that consumers are really going in and asking that at all. Yeah. They're just grabbing the herb they like or the strains that what they already know. Buy weed from women. Yes. Buy weed from women. There's an organization called Buy Weed from Women. Check them out. And yeah, develop some brand loyalty with a woman-owned farm. Or if you're a grower, fucking go start a weed business. Get in while the getting's good. While the iron's hot. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to have more weed in the news after this smoke break. Take a moment, smoke your weed, and we'll be right back. Welcome back from your smoke break. We hope you had a fun time smoking weed, digesting that information. And you know what? Phoebe's about to smoke some more weed. Smoke more weed. Smoke more weed. Smoke more weed. I'm just drinking more squirt. I'm just getting (laughs) sugar high. (laughs) I used to put vodka in my squirt. Yep. And call it vodka squirts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. My go-to in high school was Blueberry Smirnoff in Baja Blast from Taco Bell. Oh, wow. So I'd go to Taco Bell, get a giant Baja Blast, fill it with blueberry vodka, and then go to a party. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Those were the days. Back to weed in the news. Okay, our next article is from, I just realized I don't recognize this news source, so sorry about that. (laughs) It's called The Street. Have you heard of this? What? No. I think this, I saw this on my Apple News app and I didn't realize I didn't know the source, but the, on the website, the pages are investing, Bitcoin, cannabis, cryptocurrency, Uh EFTs, earnings, fixed income. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Oopsie. So yeah, I don't know if this is, I don't know who these people are, but this is an article by Tony Awusu called Surprising Names Join the Cannabis Cause as Attitudes Mellow. The subtitle is A Substantial Majority of Republicans Offered Support for the Industry in a Recent Survey, the Cannabis Industry. Mm. In general, the political divide over marijuana legislation has featured Republicans opposing more liberal policies, while Democrats advocate for or at least pay lip service to, side-eye, that was me, side-eye, legislation and decriminalization, But the political spectrum is anything but static, and attitudes on the right are shifting despite decades of anti-cannabis rhetoric. So basically, the article goes on to say that even though cannabis legalization and acceptance has been largely a very partisan issue for a long time, it's starting to, even though in general political attitudes are more kind of at odds than ever, cannabis is still making its way into acceptance on both sides of the aisle. So what? let me see what some of the, the statistics they have here on that. 
They said a new poll by the National Cannabis Roundtable found that, quote, there's been a massive shift in opinion, and it's evidently clear that Republicans have extremely positive attitudes towards legal cannabis, said former Colorado Senator Cory Gardner, a Republican who's now at a National Cannabis Roundtable board member. The poll was which was conducted by top Republican and, quote, Trump pollster Fabrizio Lee and Associates. <laughs> Sounds sketchy. Whoa. Founded that. 73% of Republicans agree that legal cannabis businesses should have the same rights as other legal businesses. And 76% believe that if a state legalizes cannabis, the federal government should not fight the state. Whoa. Can I read this little part of it that I saw? Yeah. John Boner. I know it's not that, but I'm just going to call <laughs> him that. It's definitely Boner. It's B-O-E-H-N-E-R. It's Boner. John Boner. <laughs> John Boner famously (laughs) opposed marijuana legislation while he was the Republican Speaker of the House, saying that he was unalterably opposed to legalizing marijuana. That may have been before he realized how much money was in the industry. Nadoy. These days, he is very pro-cannabis. So fucking stupid asshole. The New York Times reported his payday could reach as high as 20 million. If Congress ever legalizes cannabis at the federal level. Yeah, so it had to be able to make you rich for them to care, I guess. Talk about inexperienced white people breaking into the cannabis industry all hard with other people still being in fucking prison for it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, Steph? Oh, it's just a classic. If just if it's their money in it, they care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's money in it, they care. And that kind of links to that Yahoo Business article about how women are having a hard time tapping that money, that money source for their businesses that they've started. Womp womp. Well, I guess the silver lining here is just that the acceptance of cannabis, despite the reason, is becoming more widely accepted. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, you go to if you go to more conservative leaning areas of the country, cannabis culture is still there. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll go to a rural bar, rural, (laughs) a rural rural bar, and I'll get asked if I want to go smoke out in the back or whatever. And it's totally accepted there in like kind of a cultural sense. So I can see it being a little bit more accepted on a political sense as well, especially if there's money in it. Yeah, right. Like their voter base isn't going to go totally up in arms. Oh, no. Hell no. Hell no. Anymore. Yeah. Cool. Well, our final article is a follow up from a previous thing we talked about on Weed of the News. This is from Vice.com by Gerard Fegerberg. And the title (laughs) is Oops, Minnesota Accidentally Legalized (laughs) THC Spiked Seltzer. (laughs) Oops. Oops. This is that slippery Minnesota weed slope <laughs> right into right into THC seltzer. That's actually my burlesque name is slippery Minnesota weed slope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so we talked about this before, how Minnesota accidentally or whether or not they accidentally did it is up for debate, but whether they accidentally legalized weed, <laughs> even though the politicians were against it. Uh, The subheading for this is craft breweries are cranking out cannabis-infused drinks after a sudden law change. On July 1st, 2022. My birthday. Yes, that's true. 
Minnesota breweries received a windfall. That day, the Minnesota state legislature passed a law allowing the sale of products containing THC. It was a baffling. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, it was a baffling development considering state Republicans' longstanding opposition to the marijuana legalization, yet Statute 151.72 passed unanimously with zero debate in a GOP-controlled Senate. There's some debate about whether the lawmakers read or understood the statute, which was sponsored by the Democratic <laughs> farmer-labor opposition. For the past few years, the state has already allowed the sale of products containing Delta-8 THC, the less potent minor cannabinoid. But the new, I don't know, Delta-8 fucks me up, so I don't really don't understand the difference myself. But the new bill also legalized the sale of Delta-9 THC, the major cannabinoid that creates the euphoric effect most marijuana users seek. With that, the least regulated legal THC market in the United States was open for business. Oh, they're calling it the least regulated legal THC market. <laughs> they really slipped it in there. They snuck it in. <laughs> oh, my God. Too funny. But what I read in the article, too, was the idea of like, it doesn't make you drunk. It just makes you kind of sleepy. Like, it's just sort of a low key weed soda that you drink. And I love that craft breweries are behind yeah. a lot of this as well. They totally came out and were like, let's do this. We can make this in under a day. <laughs> they can punch out these weed seltzers. Wow. So they were like, go to print, go to print. <laughs> go to print. <laughs> but they did that in the pandemic, too. They cranked out all the hand sanitizer, too, when they couldn't. Like, I feel like craft breweries are the... I might be biased since I work for one, but mm -hmm. no, brewers work hard and they're constantly having to like basically be scientists tweaking things, tweaking things. And yeah, you're exactly right. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Trisha, who's a badass brewer in the Seattle area. Love you, Trisha, the most. <laughs> So there are a few limitations to these hard cannabis seltzers. The drinks can contain no alcohol and no more than five milligrams of THC or 50 milligrams per package. So you could have a pack of 10, five milligrams each. And the labels must include lab results certifying the dosage. But oversight is entirely down to the Board of Pharmacy, a 23-person government agency that usually focuses on pharmaceuticals and only deals with consumer complaints after the fact. The board doesn't have its own labs to test for compliance, and the only guidance they've given to the police for enforcement is a checklist for inspections. So manufacturers have no real incentive to comply. <laughs> 23 person. Yeah. Well, just that everything was set up so poorly in this bill that it was turned over to the pharmaceutical board <laughs> to, like, regulate breweries is hilarious. Yeah, this guy who's the co-owner and head of marketing at Minneapolis Modest Brewing said, quote, it's like the Wild West. <laughs> He's one of the at least eight breweries that have released THC-infused seltzers in two months since THC was legalized. We can sell as much as we want to whoever we want, he said. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. I encourage you to read this Vice article if you just want to continue to read about what a dumpster fire it is. But it sounds pretty funny. I feel bad for the people on the pharmaceutical board who are having to have this dumped on their plate all of a sudden, for sure. Yeah, fascinating. But I like the idea of everyone just having a fucking weed soda in their back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I like that it's turned into the Wild West to a certain degree where it's just like, well, okay, they passed it. Let's just do it. Let's just ramp it up and brew it out. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, Wild stuff. Yeah. Go ahead and read about it. But that is all I have for Weed in the News. Weed in the News. Yay. Thank you, Kayla. Those were all really interesting stories. And you all are interesting people. I love you (laughs) so much. Now I'm baked. I'm smoking something. Have I already talked about this? Called Grape Grunts. Ooh, I like (laughs) that I don't think so. Pretty, pretty interesting. And you're pretty interesting. I love you, interesting people. (laughs) I love you, too. I'm creating a time loop so the listeners kind of think they're losing it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Stoner Chicks. You can find us online. First of all, you can find all of our handles and any other information you might need at stonerchickspodcast.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there or buy t-shirts. We also have Instagram, Stoner Chicks Podcast, Broccoli Broads on TikTok. We've got Stoner Chicks Pod on Twitter and the P.O. Box that was mentioned by Phoebe earlier. 80586 Seattle, Washington, 98108. Also, you can email us at stonerchickspodcast.com and just send us cool stuff or also high thoughts to Dear Stephanie. You have to tell her you hope she's happy. And then also, (laughs) truly, we would appreciate it so much if you would go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review and five stars, little five stars all across the board. Also, if you like us, please tell your friends about us. We're still growing organically and we're having so much fun. You can support us at patreon.com slash stonerchicks. And more than anything, at the end of the day, we love you. And with that, Phoebe, what do stoner chicks always say? Buy weed from women. Yay! Yay! And smoke your weed. Smoke your weed. Smoke your weed all day long. 